0: It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network.
1: And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day. Good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to you in part by the Title Bowl Championship Computer Game. Get yourself a copy right now. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click the Title Bowl banner. Can't miss it. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by SouthernGourmetSpice.com. That's the place, man. That's where I get my stuff. You know what I mean? My stuff. Uh, it's good on anything. Kenny Bear's barbecue rub, his Cajun blackened spice, and his all-purpose salt, the bomb. Check it out, southerngourmetspice.com. Tell him Billy C sent you. And finally, today's show being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Mono from Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet. is available right now. We're all books are sold you can get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to this very show just visit bonds and noble or amazon.com want a signed copy no problem drop me an email billy at talking boxing dot com. well a little delay today Uh, microsoft decided to uh do an update you know it wasn't even a a little quickie it was one of these uh Uh, Hour and forty-five minute updates. You know they—they like to do your thinking. You know, are are we becoming stupid? You know, technology is—is so advanced. Are are we becoming stupid? I mean, you know, I I watch people walking around like this with that. You know, you know, you can't even—you can't even BS anybody if you say, oh yeah, yeah. You know, Mike Tyson was uh, a heavyweight champ for fifteen years. You know, oh really? Google. Was Mike Tyson a champion? Oh no, you're wrong. You know, no no more uh no more bar stool betting, right? Not with uh uh not with Syria hanging around and Alexa and Google and, you know. Anyway, boxing. Couple fights last night. Uh I'll give you my quick thoughts. We got Dax chomping at the bid to come on, we got Alex Papali chomping at the bid to come on. I got some emails to read, we got some news to discuss. Uh first and foremost, uh Uh, Joseph Parker uh, won a split Decision over Derek Chisora uh, To improve to 29 wins Two losses with 21 of his wins Coming by knockout Uh, Derek Chisora drops to 32-11 With 23 knockouts The way the judges scored it One saw it 115-113 for Chisora Uh, One had it 116-111 And the other had it 115-113 Both for Parker Giving him the split decision win My thoughts on the fight Um you know, I, I think it was a close fight. I, I would have been okay either way. I, I'm, I'm not so sure about the 116, 111. Um, Parker was the better fighter. there's no question about it. Uh, he didn't he, if, if if Joseph Parker had a little more pop, this guy would be a tough out. I mean he's got some fast hands. he's accurate with his punches. Um, But the beginning of the fight Derek Chisora was landing Body shot after body shot after body shot These weren't just going through the motions And and landing on elbows And stuff like that He was landing them And uh, based on the judges' scorecards uh, It doesn't look like they gave him credit for it So uh, we'll get uh, Dax's thought And Alex's thought a little bit later Would have been okay with a draw I find myself saying that lately um, which kind of sucks, uh, but uh, in any event. Um, also on that card, Dimitri, uh, Dimitri Bivol improved to 18 and 0 with 11 knockouts uh, when he won a 12-round decision over Craig Richards. 118-110 was the way one judge scored it. And the other two had it substantially closer, 115-113-115-114. Uh, it was a, a decent fight. Uh, this wasn't a typical Bivol fight. I, I don't know. You know, I want to see Bivol fight. Canelo, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to see uh, those two fight, um, but uh, but we'll see. Also on that card, Katie Taylor improved to 18-0 and 0 with six knockouts in a tough, tough fight with Natasha Jones. I thought Natasha Jones was landing uh, the harder shots, maybe just not enough, 96-94, and uh, two judges had it 96-95 all in favor of uh, Katie Taylor. Um, there's only one uh, Ricky Hatton's Campbell Hatton. Uh, he improved to 2-0 and with two knockouts. Uh, again, um, winning a decision. Uh, one big difference between him and Pops, lack of pop. Uh, but uh, again, he fought uh, a, a, a guy winless uh, in his second uh, pro fight. And Chris Eubank returned to the ring. Uh, believe it or not, he's still an interim champion for the WBA. I'm going to get to the WBA in a few minutes, man. I, I've about had it uh, with the WBA. But uh, uh, he won a 10-round decision against Marcus Morrison. Uh, at times, it looked like it was going to be a tough fight. But then it, it seemed like Eubank uh, was just toying with Morrison. He is now uh, being to, uh, being trained, I guess, or getting the tutelage of, of uh, Roy Jones Jr., And he fought very Roy Jones Jr. esque. At one point, he had Morrison in all kinds of trouble and just backed off and figured, let me get some more rounds. 98 92 with the way all three judges scored that one. Another fight uh, WBA Super Welterweight Champion, uh, Urslandi Lara. um, He uh, uh, went up in weight to win the WBA Middleweight title. How many titles does the WBA have? I mean, what did it. Anyway, he improved to twenty-eight wins, three losses, three draws, with sixteen wins coming by knockout. And he picked up the sixteenth knockout when he knocked out Thomas Cornflake Lamana, uh, who drops to 30 wins, five losses, and one draw, with twelve of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, Laris, thirty-eight uh, years old, right now. Um, where does the WBA pick fighters to to challenge for their titles? I, I mean, no disrespect. To lamana but you know i mean i could see giving lara a chance at the middleweight title uh but uh um come on man you know how, how did lamana i'm gonna i have a whole thing i'm gonna get to in a second because it's i'm gonna jump back to the heavyweight division speaking of heavyweight division uh andy ruiz got up off the canvas and then won a uh fight against chris Ariola uh last night um Ruiz uh, improves to 34 wins, 2 losses with 22 wins coming by knockout and Chris Ariola loses for the seventh time. He's now 38 wins, 7 losses and a draw, 33 of his wins coming by knockout. Uh the way the judges scored it, 118-109 twice and 117-110 all in favor of Andy Ruiz. Got to have I, I, listen um to be honest with you um you know i i i can't believe um that uh, uh that this fight um uh went to, to the scorecards are like this um uh, ruiz hit the deck in this fight um in the second round and um I, to be honest i i thought it was closer um you know ruiz Ruiz has got fast hands and everything else. All of a sudden, they're, they're talking like he's the super great fighter. Um, he looked good in, in terms of uh, conditioning, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought the fight was closer. I didn't score it. Um, but um, here's, here's my thoughts real quick before I, I go and, and get the guys on. But uh, what's happening to, to the sport of boxing, man? I mean, I, I, it's being mocked. Think about it. On June 5th, uh, you got, uh, which I don't mind this fight, but this is a thriller pay-per-view, Teofimo Lopez against George uh, Cambosos um, for, the, uh, for the title. Evander Holyfield's on this card against Kevin McBride. Now, I don't care about that. Um, but then, uh, you know, the next night you got a pay-per-view, which I hope none of you watching this show or listening to this show, um... I, I hope none of you shell out a penny to watch Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. I, I mean, is this a bullshit fight or what? I mean, 100% bullshit fight. Uh, don't forget Kenny Bear's barbecue rub. Get yourself com. I'll be uh, pointing to that in a little bit. Oh, did, did I just Did I just throw out a, a little plug? Yeah, I did because I see my man Kenny in the chat room, and he probably missed the plug at the beginning of the show. But anyway. And then we got a YouTuber against a TikToker I, in a boxing match. I mean, come on, YouTuber, TikToker, Paul Logan, Paul Jake, Paul fought last week. Uh, I mean, come on, man, this is bullshit. Okay, and and here's here's where it even gets rough uh, for me to deal with. Trevor Bryan. Now I hope Dax is is turning off his volume right now because I know he's big on on uh, uh, Trevor Bryan because um, he knew him personally and, and helped train him uh, as an amateur put. Um he he's a WBA champion. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, he he's a WBA heavyweight champ. And you know, he's he's talking some smack. You know, he wants to fight Anthony Joshua, wants to fight Tyson Fury, wants to fight Mike Tyson. Um he says I'm the only heavyweight in the United States. I, I'm I, I'm hungry, I'm the young lion. I I could beat them all. I'm even willing to give Tyson the opportunity. Um all right, so here's the deal. Um you know, he he if you recall Brian won the title from Stavern yeah let, let, let's go back in history a little bit because um Trevor Bryan won the title January of this year when he stopped uh, Bermain Stavern in the 11th round um, he's 21 and 0 with 15 knockouts Bermain Stavern let, let's go back in time a little bit he had the title uh going into his fight against Deontay Wilder in 2015 in January, and he lost it via decision. It was, a, it was a decent fight. We all wanted to see the rematch, but wait, because in November of that year, 2015, uh, Steverne, uh which, as we will come to find out, was busy, uh, he beat Derek Rossi in a 10-round decision. Two years later, he gets his rematch with Deontay Wilder in November of 2017 and was blown out in less than a round. Two years go by, and he fights Joe Joyce in September of 2019 and gets knocked out in six rounds. Then two years, almost two years again, he somehow gets to fight Trevor Bryant for the vacant WBA World Heavyweight title this year? I mean, what's up with that? And speaking of Trevor and Bryant, no disrespect, but this is a guy who's 21-0 and with 15 knockouts. Now, granted, he's a WBA champion. 21 and0 with 15 knockouts. His combined opponent record is 268 wins, 229 losses and 18 draws. The most known name besides Bermain Staverne on his record, is Derek Rossi, a win over Derek Rossi. Um, when you look at of his 21 wins, eight, only eight were fighters that had winning records. And of those eight, only t- two of them had double-digit losses, Galen Brown and Afino uh, Mendoza, you know, with almost 500 records, 44 and 33, and the other one's 40 and 20-something or whatever. And this is the WBO champ, uh, WBA champion. I-, I got news for you. If I'm Mike Tyson, I take the fight against Trevor Bryan because Mike Tyson, at 50-something years old, uh, can beat Trevor Bryan. In my opinion, can beat him right now. So if I'm him, I definitely, definitely, definitely take this fight. I mean, what what's going on? What's going on with the sport? The WBA headlines, uh, the BS in this sport with with you know their title holders, the the people that they give title shots to, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. makes me sick. Really, it makes me sick. But anyway, hey, listen. Uh, This call I'm going to be getting on right now uh, with my man, uh, Dax Khan, is being brought to us by, you guessed it, the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. Get yourself a uh, bottle of Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub. I put it on everything. And my new favorite that I'm still waiting for uh, is uh, the Cajun seasoning, man. He's got the Cajun seasoning and an all-purpose salt that is to die for. Check it out, southerngourmetspice.com. And uh, uh, that's the only stuff that you should be putting on anything. And let me tell you something: it tastes good on everything. Trust me when I tell you. And uh, I'm gonna bring Dax on right now, uh, but he's—I uh, don't think he's there. Uh, you the, there, Dax?
0: Yeah. Well, you're giving out plugs, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna get up and get a drink of water.
1: Well, you know, there you go. Don't—I give out quick plugs, man. Quick plugs. Hey, don't, I I figured you'd be all jacked up with me talking smack about Trevor Bryan, and uh, nothing against him, but uh, but the WBA, unbelievable. But let's get to the fights first. Um, the Derek Chisora, uh, Joseph Parker fight. I enjoyed it. I, I I didn't think that the uh uh body work that Chisora uh you know incorporated in the beginning of the fight was being scored properly. The fight was close. I I wouldn't have been shocked if they gave it to Chisora. What was your thoughts on the fight?
0: You know, I'm a huge Derek Chisora fan. How can you not be? You know, our guy, Marty McKay, last night had kind of summed him up perfectly. He said he's a better version of Burt Cooper. You know, meaning that he's always going to come out. He's going to give a great fight. He just doesn't have what it takes to come over that hump and get to the elite level. But Chisora is always going to go out on his back, or, you know, he's going to go out on a one-sided loss, yet he's going to keep coming forward, and Chisora, unfortunately, now is 37 years old, he hasn't been able to keep a steady trainer throughout his career, Joseph Parker, I actually thought that, you know, we were going to see another Arthur Spilka moment from that early knockdown, even though Parker was kind of in the corner and squared up, And Chisora just kept coming on, and I'm figuring, all right, you know, Chisora's going to catch him in one of these rounds, even though Parker does have a durable chin, despite being down a few times, and Chisora gassed. And that happened to be the issue, but there are a lot of times during that fight, Bill, that I really thought Parker was falling behind. If you go and check our social media feed, I actually had stated at one point, you know, does Parker have an Andy Lee moment where he can come back from behind and score that one-punch stoppage? But Joseph Parker isn't a big one-punch artist. So I think if uh did gas out, he would have won that fight by a wide margin. Parker, a much better boxer. But once he reached the level where he was no longer facing the lower caliber of opponents as he did up to the Andy Ruiz fight, once winning that WBO title, it kind of seems like Joseph Parker lost a little bit of that killer instinct.
1: You know, I, I think that if he had a little more pop, Dax, he would be a tough out. I said it earlier. His his hands are quick, and the thing I like about Joseph Parker is that he's very accurate with his punches. I did see a change in Chisora, maybe a little too late at 38, but, um, you know, with Buddy McGirt in his corner, he seemed more uh, control. What was with the googly eyes throughout the fight? It almost looked like he was going to lose his mind. I I like Chizora too. I know you've been a big fan of him and Dillian White. Um, You know, um, Chizora. you know, and I love uh, Marty's uh, uh, comparison to Burr Cooper because that's a good one. I never even thought of that. Uh, But um, I I I thought the body work was, was a great game plan. I just, I think at some point, um, they should have uh started going for the head because he did drop Parker and it was a legit drop knockdown, you know. But um but Parker won the fight. I I, I do think he, he squeaked it out. I wouldn't have been shocked if Chisora got it. I wouldn't have been shocked if it was a draw. So uh, I, I enjoyed the fight. The other heavyweight fight last night, uh Andy Ruiz uh beat Chris Ariola. Uh Ruiz hit the deck in that fight. Um I thought that Ruiz, Ruiz is Ruiz. He's got fast hands. He's a likable kid. I mean, who doesn't really like him? You know, he's he's a, he's a, he's a likable guy. He looked fantastic in terms of weight and conditioning. I just, I, 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 you know, I think his glory, you know, his time, his moment in the sun was when he beat Anthony Joshua. Other than that, Ruiz is Ruiz. I thought Ariola, I don't know, was Ariola looking better than normal last night or was it Ruiz? I I thought it was an entertaining fight. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. it was a little uh, I agree with Ariola. I don't think he won the fight, but I don't think the scores were the way they were. 118-109 twice. Come on. I thought the fight was much closer.
0: No, it was the scoring was not well at all, just like um a few other fights from last night. But I think, more or less, we were kind of surprised that Chris Ariola had that much in him. For the most part, anybody that I have spoken to leading up to this, or what I've read on social media and in various articles, people thought Chris Ariola was going to get blown out. You know, Chris Ariola's best days are long behind him. But, you know, he put up a respectable performance. Andy Ruiz... And again, something I stated last night on our social media feed, that it kind of seems like him losing that weight and trimming down a little bit was a mistake. We've seen that with other fighters. Um, You know, Andy Ruiz, not to the degree where he blew up in between the first and second Anthony Joshua fights... Is the guy we want to see in the ring, but we want to see that version from the first Anthony Joshua fight, or that Andrew Ruiz Jr. from the Joseph Parker fight, which I actually thought Andrew Ruiz Jr. won. So who knows what's um, going on there with Andrew Ruiz Jr. And again, I hate trying to stress this so much to fans when you suddenly get this big heyday, and you have all these millions in the bank, you kind of lose a little bit of that desire, and when all you know how to do is one thing, and in the case for most of these guys is boxing, that's what you do because it's just instinctual, Andrew Ruiz is still a young guy in his prime, he's not really sure if he wants to continue on, he doesn't want to continue on. I don't know. It's you know. It's hard to figure out, but we've seen a better version of Andy Ruiz Jr. I think we'll see a better version of Andy Ruiz Jr. in the future. As for Chris Ariola, I think maybe one more fight against somebody of lower caliber, go out on a win and call it a day because at 40 years old, I think that was the last really great performance we're going to get out of him.
1: I, I have two comments to make on your comments with Andy Ruiz, and I don't disagree with you about Chris Ariola, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I like Chris, and he's never been a, a great uh, boxer, but he's been a good fighter, if you know what I mean. But uh, I, I think two things about Andy Ruiz, based on your comments. Number one, I think he has to get used to the weight loss, Dax. Um, here's a guy that's never been, I, at least I've never seen him this slim. And I, I, I agree with you. You know, um, fighters make the mistake. It, it's, it's, he's not used to it yet. He's got more, you would think he's got more footwork that he could utilize. His hand speed is, is the same. I think the most important thing for, for uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. is to learn better defense. He doesn't have any defense, and when you think about it, he gets hit an awful lot. He takes shots, he, he handles them well, but he gets hit an awful lot. With the weight loss... He should learn, and now he's he's working with Canelo's trainer. He should learn to move a little bit. Um, you know, uh, use his hand speed to his advantage and, and get out of harm's way. I don't mean pull a Mayweather and run across the, the, the ring, but at least some head movement. I didn't see it. I didn't see it last night, and um, I, I, I wish that he could improve his defense because – Being a shorter heavyweight by today's standards, he needs to rely on some defense in addition to his offense.
0: Well, his offense has always pretty much been his defense, and boxing being a mental sport, more than it is physical a lot of times, the appearance of Andy Ruiz Jr. gets a lot of guys, even if you see him in action prior to fighting him. And then stepping into the ring with him is another thing. Once you realize, wow, this guy is really fast. He's not out of shape like he appears to be. His cardio was actually very good, outside of course that second Joshua fight. But um, Andrew Ruiz Jr. when he's an undersized heavyweight for the error, you know. And I'm not speaking of weight because you know he's overweight, but I'm speaking about his height and the fact that he slimmed down, that more or less takes away from the center of gravity if you understand what I'm saying. So it makes it easier to knock him down. So Andy Ruiz Jr., what he's going to have to do is, you know, exactly what you said, he's going to have to add a few other wrinkles to his game in terms of a defense, and he's going to have to go back, and he's going to have to pick up that excessive work rate with those fast hands that we're so used to. That will confuse opponents. That's you know the secret for Andy Ruiz Jr. And I think that you know his trainer is going to, you know, uh, um, incorporate that with him. But you know this is his first fight under Eddie's. I believe it's his first fight under Eddie Rinasso since losing that title to Anthony Joshua. So let's not be too hard on him yet.
1: Um, on the undercard of Chisora Parker, uh, and and I haven't really been aside from you know Love Heather Hardy, um, I haven't really been following a female uh, uh, boxing too much, but Katie Taylor is is an exception. She fights, um, she her style of fighting is is the way it it should be. It's boxing. She was in tough against Natasha Jones last night. Um, I love that fight. It was uh, action-packed, like generally the female bouts on a card usually are. Uh, what was your thoughts on this fight? I, I mean, um, the scores were close. I think they were justifiable. Uh, but uh, Jones was landing a much harder shot. It's just that Katie Taylor is more refined. What's, what's your thoughts?
0: Um, first, um, female boxing as a whole, look for it from here on out these women improving, there is still that mindset, Bill, and, you know, you being Chevelle Halbeck's manager for so many years should understand, there's still that mindset that these females cannot fight, and it's hard to get them fights, but now that they're starting to get that exposure, is great, and fights like this is only just helping their cause, if, I, if this fight would have won a few more rounds, if it would have uh, been three-minute rounds even, I think uh, Natasha Jonas, who has improved greatly since her stoppage loss to Vivian uh, 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 Obanow uh, five fights ago, I thought she won the Terry Harper fight last August when she faced Harper for her Super Featherweight title that ended in a split draw. Uh, Katie Taylor, she's an an exceptional boxer. She does need to set the pace. We've seen that with the Delphine-Pearsoon fights. And I would love to see this one again. And this is the fight that I stated out of all the fights last night. The judges got it right. The 96-94, 96-95, 96-95 again. I don't care if it would have went to Natasha Jonas or Katie Taylor. I'd had no problem with it either way.
1: Yeah, because Jonas was landing the harder shots. Um, It was a great fight. You know, I don't. She's. It's unfortunate that Natasha goes into other people's backyards because the close rounds they're given to the hometown favorite. Uh, But I'm with you. I would love to see a rematch. Um, Two other fights I I wanted to mention on that card. Uh, Dimitri Bivol, we talked about him last week. Um, Workman-like win over Craig Richards. I thought it got uh, entertaining when Richards came on in the second part of the fight. Could have been a different fight should he have fought that way from round one. Uh, 115, 113, 115, 114, legit scores. Once again, we got that judge. 118, 110, what the hell fight was he watching? I mean, Bivol... You and I are both fans of Bivol He's a workman-like, very talented guy But he seemed like he was thinking about what he was doing tomorrow Or or something else He just wasn't into the fight Um, It's a shame that he doesn't have the right dance partners I know you weren't really high on it last week When we talked about the potential matchup with Canelo But dude, I want to see that fight I want to see Canelo fight Bivol Canelo's got nothing to prove Don't don't, don't, Don't get me wrong But I think Bivol... We would see the best bivvle against Canelo win, lose, or draw. We would have to. Otherwise, he would lose the fight. What's your thoughts?
0: 115, 114, 115, 113. I don't know. Um, if, are you saying you approve of those scores? 115,
1: 113, uh, 115, 114. I thought the fight got close. Yeah. I thought the fight got close in the second part of the fight. In the oh, beginning.
0: Well, once again, go check our Facebook tweet. Our, uh, our, um, our Twitter feed because, uh, you know, Bill is in bed at 6 o'clock uh,
1: but <laughs> where listen. I
0: stated I had no idea that Craig two Craig Richards' parents were judges in this fight because it was not a close fight. Watch that fight again today and you're going to see most of those punches that Craig Richards was using, he looked great pumping out that jab early, but Bivell was catching him on his elbows and his gloves. They weren't landing clean. Bivell. Like Golovkin, because of their facial makeup and them high cheekbones, they a lot of times look as though they've taken more damage than what they actually have. You know, Bivol, the problem with him is early on, he had developed this reputation as a puncher. When Bivol is really, he's he's a master boxer. Joe Smith Jr., who's now a WBO champion, you know, so happy for him. He said it best after his fight with Bivol that you find yourself... Hesitant to open up and let your hands go because when you do, you're getting hit from every angle. You know, there's very few fighters that I can say over the last years that you have heard that said about. Joshua Claudie, after his fight with Manny Pacquiao, with Prime Manny Pacquiao, had said the same thing. You know, he was afraid to open up because once you open up, you start getting hit on every angle. Now, Bivel last night coming in off an 18 month layoff, you couldn't expect him to look at his best, but, you know, considering that time out of the ring, his reflexes were there, he didn't take too many punches, he had, you know, generally outboxed uh, Richards, who is not a bad fighter, but this was just like a level three, four, five levels up from what he's used to. Uh, Dimitri Bivel, I think it's unfair that some of the criticism he gets due to the fact people expect him to be a more action fighter. One of the dumbest phrases, I uh, one of the dumbest comments I heard all year was "You've um, the, that announcer saying something to the effect of Dimitri Bivol doesn't seem concerned with having highlight real moments. He's happy just to win. A lot of all-time greats, whether or not you want to go to a Willie Pep, whether you want to, you want to say a uh, Floyd Mayweather, there's a million comparisons that you can use have become all-time greats by boxing. This is a sport. It's an art bill. You say it yourself all the time. There's nothing about there that says hit and be hit. It's about hit and don't get hit. And Dimitri Bibble is fantastic at that.
1: I have you know that I stayed up and watched that fight because it started at 1 o'clock, okay? So I was not in bed, and I just thought that uh, Richard's... um, was scoring at at the second part of the fight. That's all. I didn't say that he won, and I didn't say that he was robbed or anything like that. But uh, but uh, you know. So I wasn't in my feety pajamas. Much to your yeah. <laughs> right? But
0: uh, you, Just to interject on that, what um because of that card, Steve Gray, who was also the referee for the Chisora and Parker uh card fight, rather, I'm sorry, and he was one of the judges who had it that close. That guy should not be around professional boxing. He should not be a referee. The way he ignored those behind-the-head shots that both Derek Tesoro and Joseph Parker were landing in that fight, you know, it's dangerous enough for any head shot, but when heavyweights are doing it on a constant, you know, the 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 risk of injury just raises. Those fights don't, always show immediate effects. In fact, they rarely do. It's not until later, back inside the dressing room, or even a few hours back later, back at the hotel, does that fighter start having a headache, all of a sudden not feeling right, you know, an abnormal headache, not from being punched in the head and punched in the face repeatedly. They end up at the ER, and, you know, the outcome is rarely positive. So I don't understand how, you know, they have somebody like that around the sport, involved in the sport, not only giving out bad decisions, which, you know, is... Expected, but you know, putting allowing guys to be placed into danger like that—that's something that really bothers me in the
1: sport. I got news for you. I think a point should have been deducted from Chisora at least by the third round against Parker, behind the head shots. He finally got warned, and it slowed down. But then Parker started doing a couple to Chisora, um I guess as in retaliation, but. Um, it was, And I'm
0: not even suggesting they were intentional, Bill. I'm just saying they were happening. And he should have done something about it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I know. Finally, um, one last uh, point. Slandy Lara uh, is now a WBA middleweight title. How many titles? I, I lost count. You know, I only have uh, 10 fingers and, and 10 toes. Uh, the WBA's got to have, what, a gazillion different titles? I mean, you know, and... and You know, that's why I was on my rant about your boy, Trevor Bryant. You know, yeah, he's a WBA title holder, but look at who they get to fight for these belts. Now, Chris Eubank Jr. against Morrison, I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, he was out for a while. I I, I was scratching my head a little bit about when he had Morrison in some trouble and he backed off a la Roy Jones Jr., who's now in his corner. I like Eubank Jr. I, I know he's gunning for, for Triple G. What was your thoughts first of, of the fight? Well,
0: again, how was that fight made is number one. Mamana um, loses two in a row. He loses Dakota and Mendoza. Then he fights a couple of journeymen in Mexico, and all of a sudden he's in there, even for a secondary title. I don't understand how that could have possibly happened. Now, as far as how that could be justified, rather, you know, as far as Landy Lara, he moved to middleweight for what reasons? I'm unsure. Can he not make 154 anymore? Or is he hoping maybe for a big fight with Triple G or even Canelo? Both fights he he has been asking for for years. Uh, Lara has never been uh, beat cleanly. You know, if you go back and you remember, you know, the Paul Williams fight by majority decision was so bad that judges were suspended. Jared Hurd, when Hurd was undefeated, uh, unified uh, junior middleweight champion. That was, I believe, a majority decision or a split decision. You know, Lara has never been beaten cleanly. Um, his his um, one draw, I think, was a majority or a split draw. This is a guy who very rarely, can you say this, has earned himself the right to have a big fight, a cash out fight. You know, he's put in the work. He, he has been avoided by a lot of fighters over the years. Um, as far as um, La Mana, you know, going in there as that opponent really takes away from Anybody even wanting to entertain the idea of Lara going in there against one of the other top middleweights? You know, as for Trevor Bryan, let me just address that. You know, for, for not just me personally, just you know, for a lot of young fighters, this is a kid who you know I did not train personally. You know, I was just involved in the gym. You know, uh, where Vince Kittle was training him, bringing him out the Olympics, You know, I worked with him a few times. You know, doing mitts and such things, but. In boxing, we know that there are vultures. We know this. And what happened was is Stacy McKinley was coming around the country looking for guys to bring over to Don King. And this was just before or as Don King was settling down. That's how Amiri Mom and Trevor Bryan both ended up in contracts with Don King. And once they signed those contracts, Don King more or less just stopped promoting. I think since they've been signed with him... He might have promoted one or two cards that we can speak of. If you remember John from uh, LDL TV how happy he was when Stiverne had won that WBC title so this way he was hoping he was going to be able to resume his position with Don King promotions again so you know Trevor Bryant it's not his fault that he was caught out into that contract he didn't have anybody to advise him correctly and let him know who he should or should not sign with he didn't have anybody going over the contracts he all he was was kind of lured in like a lot of young fighters by the name and the promises that you know promoters give and Don King is a master at that and if it was not for that, Trevor Bryan's career, I promise you, would have been further along than it is now.
1: I'm just saying nothing against Bryan, but the WBA. First of all, to fight for the vacant heavyweight title against Stavern, I just went through the history of Stavern. How does he even get the shot? And Trevor Bryan, uh, regardless of how the he w- got
0: that shot, because Stavern is another guy under Don King. No, I,
1: I I know how. Why? I'm just saying I'm not, it's I'm a it's it a joke. It's his, it's, it's a joke. Because you know he says that he's a champion and he's got a belt. The WBA is the joke here. That's my point. But uh, anyway, oh, absolutely. absolutely,
0: WBA is the joke. You yeah. Know, just on um uh, two more things. One um, Sebastian Pandora, What do you think? What do you think of him last night?
1: I didn't see the fight. I saw he stopped uh, his opponent. Um, I I, I like the kid. I, I he. He's too tall to me. He needs he needs more weight on him. I I don't know if he can maintain this weight class. He's going to be a tough out.
0: Yeah, yes, uh, six foot five and eighty inch reach at one hundred fifty four pounds. I know he wins over six or seven undefeated opponents. He has to be taken serious. Okay. And what about uh, the uh, the field Verdejo incident?
1: I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Um, but interesting, interesting stuff on on that one. Um, didn't look uh, doesn't look good for him. Uh, you know, he's married. He's got a Gumadi on the side that ends up getting pregnant with his kid, and she disappears. Last known sight was at his house. Uh, yeah, it's not looking good, bro.
0: No, it, it's kind of shocking. You know, it comes across last night that, you know, he goes from um, person of interest to genuine suspect. And the last I heard, he was actually picked up by the police again.
1: Well, he's got. They got somebody, um, uh, another person apparently is is cooperating. The, the term they use is cooperating with the police, and that's why he, uh, uh, he's a suspect now. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, people do stupid things when they're in panic mode, Dax. You know, you know it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Hey, sorry for the delay today. Thanks to Microsoft, we had the, uh, them decide to do uh, an update, and you're right. When I did fall asleep last night, I should have hit the enter key like you did, and it wouldn't no, no, I
0: didn't. That's the thing. I didn't hit it. I hit the actual, the power off, and all of a sudden it's, um, wouldn't let the computer turn off because of the updates, you know? I wasn't just gonna sit there and, um, you know, override it and turn it off, or else what would've happened was, exactly what happened to you
1: today. Exactly. I, <laughs> for I left... An hour. No, I left it on, and I didn't, I didn't basically sh- shut it off. If I would've shut it off, it would've did the update, like, you know, but, uh... Anyway, Dax, I appreciate it. Keep up the good work with the website. Next week we got a uh, uh, a fight that we'll be talking about: Canelo Alvarez and and Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, be a good one. So uh, we got a good show scheduled for next week.
0: Yep, and I'll get that um, those videos back up out to you this week. I've been delayed a little bit. I got a, uh, a detached ligament in my arm, so you know that's kind of held me back for a couple days. But uh, you know, got some good stuff coming up over there.
1: Sounds good. I'll get them up as soon as I get them.
0: All right, everybody, enjoy your day.
1: Take care. That's DaxCon. Check him out on the website, billycboxing.com. And uh, uh, he's, uh, he's the guy that keeps that going. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, about the uh, uh, Verdejo situation. I will be uh, discussing that uh, a little bit later. I got an email that actually uh, uh, brought me um, up to speed on that. Uh, so that's why... Uh, uh, we will be uh, doing that now. I got uh, uh, my man Alex Papali scheduled to come up uh, here in a sec. But remember, I, Alex's segment, uh, especially since he was uh, the guy who—well, um, we can't use the word "edited," uh, but he proofread uh, my book. So get yourself a copy uh, of this book right now. Tom Molino from Bonish Best Man on the Planet is available right now. Where? All good books are sold Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah, I wrote it a couple of years ago, but it's a good read, and uh, we have been uh, moving some copies lately, um, more than normal. So I think uh, I think hey, after whatever four years, may, maybe it's finally maybe people saying hey, we should read this book. You should. Now, if you want a signed copy, drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing. T a l k i n b o x i n g dot com joining me right now the man the myth the legend well sort of alex papali what's up brother you never know what i'm gonna say do you do you (laughs) good morning
2: billy how are you
1: oh not too bad not too bad uh first and foremost got some fights thoughts on the uh parker chisora fight
2: um i uh well first just overall i uh Yesterday was crazy because it really was boxing from one in the afternoon till one, just about one in the morning. Um, I I really I enjoyed it quite honestly. Um,
1: How? Let me ask you this: How many how many outcomes weren't what you knew they were going to be?
2: That's a good question. Um, None. Probably not too many. No. (laughs) Well, there was the one upset. Um, But did
1: you really know those guys?
2: Uh, well, one of them, yeah. Uh, (laughs) what's his name? Thomas in
1: there. Um, the one who, the one who lost?
2: Right, the one who lost. (laughs) Because, you know, because he, yeah, he, that, that was the big, um, I think, uh, I thought, um, Ruiz, um, Areola would have been a little more sustained action. Um, I thought, I don't think it was close, and I don't think it, uh, Need, we need to see a rematch. I thought Parker Chisora uh, was um, a, a lot more entertaining, um, and I thought I thought Parker won that. That could have been a little closer. Uh, that maybe a little closer than this you know, on the scorecards. I could certainly see him being. Well, you know, I don't know the the level of resentment from both Chisora and Ariola. Um, was a little out of whack. They both know what they
1: are. Um, yeah, but Chizora and Ch- Chizora's fight was close on the scorecards. It was a split decision. And yeah, I, the thing—the thing about him, though, Alex, was that in the beginning of that fight. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Parker. As a matter of fact, I, I think he's improved. I, I saw an improved version of Parker against Chizora. Um, but I, I, the thing that bothered me about that fight was the fact that it doesn't appear that judges give credit for the body work. Those body shots—he wasn't just going through the motions, going to the body. He was landing them on the sides and the rib cage. I mean, it was a—it was a—he uh, uh, didn't hold back, and it was a, a sustained body attack that he maybe was implementing too long but obviously he wasn't getting the points you know because parker would land one or two shots his jab was beautiful followed up uh with 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 a with a shot or two and then clinched and 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 took the body work that were landing so i, I don't know man yeah
2: that is you know that is uh, i think one of the perpetual arguments uh of the sport is um and i think especially in um uh, prize fighting, you know, you've got to find a happy medium. And, but I do think that some judges do tend to, um, uh, you know, favor head punches. Um, I do think that I thought that Chisora was coming, even though he was the one making the fight, in fact, that in the fact that he was pushing the action, that's what he was there for. I, I wasn't surprised that Parker was a lot more fun to watch than he usually is, why? Because he had a guy pressing the action, um, so he could counter him. And I thought he rose to the level of that uh, after a shaky start. I thought it was very sloppy, um, but but that's what made it enjoyable, you know, especially for heavyweights. And I think that's the thing about Chisora. Um, and I I felt the judges got it right in that, in that they did not give him. Uh, over credit him for a lot of punches that are cuffing shots and yes, he's pushing the action and, and throwing more punches, but I don't think it's effective. Um, So to me, but again, you know, I'm watching from TV. I'm not there. Uh, I'm tweeting. Uh, You know, um, I don't have the same focus as a judge um, who's right there. Uh, so a lot of those rounds could have been um, closer. Uh, but I do think that that's one of the things that uh, tends to happen a lot with um, aggressive fighters, especially in the heavyweight division, is sometimes we mistake uh, aggression for, uh, for damage. And um, uh, and especially in a fight where one guy gets off the deck. And if you think about it, both, got, both heavyweights who won yesterday uh, got off the deck. Uh, both Parker and Ruiz and um, I, I think when you have a lot of people who are not um, as uh, seasoned in watching the sport, if one guy was knocked down, well it's hard to overcome that
1: Right In the ruiz Ariola fight very entertaining I enjoyed seeing Ruiz in good shape Dax and I talked about it um, I think the guy's not used to this weight, <laughs> I think he needs to get used to it um, I don't know if I agree with those scores I mean um, I thought the fight was closer I, I still think Ruiz won Despite being dropped um, But 118-109 Twice I mean that's, that seems like Ariola didn't get anything By those two judges And the other one 117, 110 110 um, What's your thoughts on Ruiz I, I, His improvement In my opinion Has to be defense oriented
2: I thought he, I thought he looked good. I thought, in a way, one of the things that I was just thinking while you and Dax were talking um, was, uh, in a way, yesterday was kind of like searching for Jerry Quarry, um, and uh, Derek Chisora and Chris Ariola are not Derek uh, are not Jerry Quarry. I think the closest one is Andy Ruiz um, because. Uh, if you think about it, um, and and no no dis and I know there's probably a lot of old timers who are pulling their hair out for me saying that, but hold on a second, um, because if you think about it, if Jerry Coari were around today, he would have certainly won a title,
1: no doubt, no um, doubt.
2: Andy, <laughs> Andy Ruiz has won a title. Andy Ruiz is one of the you know top three or four heavyweights in the world. Um, the thing is that, and I do think that he. Um, Uh, did show improvement yesterday Um, because I thought that that fight was close um, or at least entertaining the first what four rounds but then to me Ruiz took over and I only I I hear what you're saying Bill that um, you know maybe the score the 118-109 card sounds out of whack but how many more rounds would you have given Areola for me the most he I gave him three uh, maybe there was one more that was close. So if you give him three with the knockdown, what's that?
1: Um, four rounds. So,
2: so, so four points. So, so four
1: points. Right. So, so if you that. gave him four rounds and then the knockdown, it, it, you know, I'm not saying Ruiz doesn't win the fight, but I, I thought it was closer. That's all by score. You know, yeah. when when you're scoring a fight, you know, and right. and, and so, er- I mean, the.
2: Think- because i think the 118 109 that does suggest cuz when you add the extra point um for the knockdown it does sound like well they only gave him one
1: round. Right. Hey, right. Um, That's the round they gave him. Yeah. You know, so that, and, and and he in the early part of the fight, he was landing the shots. Okay, the the Oh yeah, the, you I, know, the
2: first 3 rounds i think you could argue were his.
1: Yeah, you know, and then as the fight went on after the 6th round, um you know, it was all Ruiz. Uh and and, you know, Chris Ariola, like he usually does, ran out of gas a little bit using the old face block and, you know, um Ruiz uh, you know, stockpiling points. The thing was was that he didn't drop Ariola, although he had him hurt that one round. Um, even though Ariola shook his head and said he didn't. We all know what that means. <laughs> but um anyway, I was glad to see the new and improved um Ruiz, I hope he continues to improve. Like I said, I, I think he needs uh, some work on defense. I want to jump. I want to stay with the heavyweights here, and you know, follow the bouncing ball with the Tyson Fury uh, and Anthony Joshua fight. A couple weeks back, Eddie Hearn said this fight is bigger than the Olympics, and he he wasn't worried. Then then uh, a week or so after that. Uh, It looks like they got a site fee, $150 million site fee uh, from the Middle East. Uh, Everything looked good. Zero holdup was what uh, Eddie Hearn was quoted as saying. And then earlier this week, it comes out by the infamous Bob Arum who says this fight's dead in the water. Um, Last night, uh, Eddie Hearn said the fight is nowhere near dead in the water and once again said we should have an official announcement within 10 days what's your thoughts on this um this is the fight we want to see is this typical bob arum uh trying to speed up the process there are a lot of mouths you got to feed here you have bob arum uh and warren as tyson fury's promoters you got of course eddie hearn yet now you have the the team over in the middle east uh who's uh you know they're arguing over tv rights and and everything else then you have the tv rights over here bob arum has a different network that he works with uh espn versus uh eddie hearn with the i mean there's a lot of things that have to be worked out it doesn't surprise me that it's going to take a little time uh to dot all the i's and cross all the t's but at the end of the day is somebody gonna hold their breath too long and we lose this fight?
2: That's what I worry is that um that that maybe in in all the posturing and all the legal wrangling that um, you know, the fight ends up getting uh, uh, you know not happening. Um, at least that so far, that's where we're at. Um, but I, I was encouraged by what um you know what, Eddie Hearn said yesterday I think it is it was it is mildly entertaining as much as uh you know I'm a boxing fan so I want to see guys fight um this this most recent back and forth between the two uh Aram and Hearn is kind of entertaining because it is there's you can't help but try to at least I can't uh try to pick pick away at the sort of the psychology behind them, or and also the philosophies. Uh, if you watched Eddie Hearn's yes eh, interview yesterday, it was full of hope, um, and uh, whereas Aram was like it was the opposite; it was full
1: of despair. <laughs> Not only that, but bad, yeah, but that's Bob. Her- he says I can't see this fight happening before twenty twenty two, and it looks like they're both going to be fighting different opponents first. I, I mean, when I heard that. Uh, and that was documented. Uh, rep, you know, when when I see stuff reported on ESPN, I I, I refer to it as reputable. Um, that's classic Bob Arum, and Bob Arum would hold the fight off in his mind. He's marinating it. I don't think the fight can get any bigger than it is right now. And you know, with all of this other BS that's go- going on with the sport, in my opinion, the sport is being mocked by Floyd Mayweather. You know, fighting this Paul the last week, the other Paul fighting uh, an MMA guy. Uh, now you got a TikToker against a YouTuber. I mean, it's it's a joke. Snoop Dogg is the most entertaining uh, uh, guy up on a desk in boxing. Boxing. You have some rap music going on. I mean, it's not the same. We have our our you know historians that have passed the the Bert Sugars. Uh, are rolling in their graves right now you know these great fighters that that gave so much to this sport you know in the ring in preparation for fights outside of the ring you know that with with the shenanigans that are going on i mean think about this alex there was generations at least two full generations maybe three that despised Muhammad Ali because of his antics, because of the shenanigans he pulled. And today, as much as they were, uh, you know, outrageous back then, today it's nobody would even get upset with some of the stuff that goes on. It's it's a joke. What's your thoughts?
2: Well, and and I think that's. I think that's sort of the nature of our world in the sense that you uh, – that there there's a lot of illusions that people can buy into. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I think right now the, the idea that Deontay Wilder's uh, chances uh, and his whole – the whole only hope that sort of keeps his career alive in a lot of his – at least his most um, – uh, supportive fans is the idea that, you know, the costume was the, was the downfall against Tyson Fury. And Do that people
1: really believe that. Uh,
2: well, I think there probably are. I think there are some, uh, and I think that that's, if the, if that third fight, if we have to settle for that instead of Anthony Joshua, uh, for Tyson Fury's next fight, um, I think that um, they you you wait and see how much that becomes part of the narrative. Well, let
1: me let me ask you, you this:
2: I think that's that's one of the things that I love about our sport is that um, uh, there is a sort of wild wild west quality to it. It is um, there is a chaos to it. Uh, I I was over a friend's watching some of the NFL draft the other day. And it was I was really struck because they would go. There's just such a stale corporate effort to try to make it look a certain way. And like every time they would show the different team uh, rooms uh, where all the big wigs were making the decisions, they would say, oh, everybody in there is fully vaccinated. Like, who cares, you know, but they it's it's a they're trying to portray this uh, corporate image. So they want to make sure that they're putting forward this right thing. Well, look at the difference with our sport. Um, They were showing the, uh, you know, dressing rooms. Everybody's hugging each other. And then the um, the thing that cracked me up was the debate that uh, Brian Kenny, the commentators are having about the uh, the arm arm. apparatus that one of the fighters there in the swing bout on the uh after lara uh laid waste to lamana nobody knew uh and this is it's like nobody knew what that uh all that tape was it's like we're this is the sport you're covering no one can explain why he's wearing what he's wearing it's a joke uh, in the ring you know so i mean i think that's the thing that uh in terms of, uh, but I, I do hope that we do see it um, happen next, Fury-Joshua, instead of, um, you know, Fury versus Wilder. because.
1: Let me just ask you this. Have you heard anything about Wilder? Last thing I heard about Wilder, um, you know, his, his former trainer that he blamed it on, uh, you know, uh, basically said he's a nutcase. And I haven't heard another thing since
2: there there was there was video this week of him uh hitting the mitts
1: Ooh, uh, ooh. so he's training hard training hard
2: yeah. so he's training yeah, uh, yeah but i think that was the thing and and to if you permit me to go back to that uh, jerry quarry allusion last uh, be, uh was one of the things they were talking about was um you know uh Possibly Andy Ruiz fighting Ariola again, which I would not want to see, and what's the point? Uh, or um, Wilder, or Luis Ortiz. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing Luis Ortiz or Ariola uh, versus Ruiz. And to me, that's the that's one of the problems of the sport because of this sort of. Intramural nature, uh, inter, yeah, where it's everybody stays within their own promoters' uh, uh, availability uh, of opponents, that's what we'll end up seeing. And that's where it's very different because if it was Jerry Corey, he would be, he would be, I want the winner of Fury Joshua.
1: Well, you know, uh, Trevor Bryant says he wants all those guys too, and uh, he's you know, just not there. I think Mike Tyson. Should fight Trevor Bryan because Mike Tyson, at fifty-some odd years old, beats Trevor Bryan right now and can win the title again, even though it's a WBA title. And all the references to COVID, COVID's become so 2020 now. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, COVID's 2020. You know, You're we're back- in 2021 now. Now there's debate over vaccinations. The people that are, you, are not getting it. What's that?
2: Are you vaccinated?
1: You know something? Let me tell you. Funny you should ask. <laughs> I, I, I was ready to go. And I preferred, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't like the whole procedure of the vaccination. I, first of all, I don't like all the hoopla around COVID. COVID uh, is a serious, uh, contagious uh, virus that really makes problems for people with underlying conditions and older people. Um, but it was blown out of proportion. People are scared to death. Fights are breaking out if you have a mask or don't have a mask on. All of this stuff. The CDC, they're saying, oh, you can wear, you don't need to wear a mask outside. Hello? Ha- if you're on your property by yourself and you're wearing a mask, you got problems. And for all you bastards out there that are driving in your car and you're sitting in your friggin' car alone and you got a mask on, you got a fucking problem because there are problems out there with people and the fear factor. OK, and I just to finish my story, I was all signed up to get the Johnson and Johnson one. And the, when I was doing my little research, I felt that the Johnson and Johnson research protocol was more. Um, standard in 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 our vaccination process over the last hundred years Um, you know what they did blah 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 I was all ready to get it something told me not to I canceled the appointment uh, at the last minute and two days later they uh, you know took it off the shelves so to speak I'm sure it's going to come back and when and if the Gestapo I mean the uh, government forces us to get it um, then I would prefer that one. But to suggest that you have to have your card to get on a plane or, or to go and, and, you know, be in an outdoor park and, and be able to prove that you're vaccinated. I mean, um, in case people haven't noticed, our rights are being extremely violated and we are losing them uh, right by right by right. Now, with that said, if it was the plague, and I stepped out my porch and took a breath and dropped dead. I'd be the last guy to leave my house, okay? Uh, but uh, come on, let's let's be real. All I say is COVID. Eh, that's so twenty twenty, man. Well, that was man. You you struck a nerve, huh? You didn't know you, I guess so. You, you didn't you didn't you didn't know that that was gonna happen. No, you know? no. But I but guess. I I wanna I want to uh, talk to you about three more things. Uh, we're all whacked out with the time, so. Uh, I'm going to save the one that you're going to enjoy the most for last. But um, Vasily Lomachenko, I guess, uh, is scheduled to fight uh, Nakatani on on June 26th. What's your thoughts of Lomachenko coming back? He did have uh, an injury after his loss or um, had separated uh, his shoulder or whatever he did in that fight. Um, I still think he's uh, one of the best, if not the best, pound-for-pound fighter out there. Um, what's your thoughts uh, about him fighting uh, Nakatani?
2: Um, I'm okay with that fight. I mean, I I think that you know he's still you know one of the one of the best
1: at, in uh,
2: uh at lightweight. He's he's you know not he's not um I, I would like to see a re- rematch with Lopez. Um,
1: I think Lopez is too big. I think we forced um Lomachenko to move up. Uh, you know, at least two. He moved up three with these 3 weight classes since he started, but he's at least two above what he should be, in my opinion. Um, so, I don't know. I think Lopez is just too big for him. I, I just don't think, even though he can land punches on Lopez, I'm not so sure he can hurt him, and I think Lopez hurts him every time he lands. So, I, I don't Yes,
2: know if... it could be, but I, I think that, I mean, to me, the the what makes grounds for a rematch is if you if you, you see something that you know definitely you didn't see that you think well what would what would happen if if I guess in in this case it was so obvious Lomachenko waited too long to start boxing he just he just uh, coasted those early rounds um, so I think. If they were to fight a rematch, if he were to step up the activity, we, that might be a whole different fight.
1: See, you know uh, what? I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's what's happened in our world today. We analyze data so much, and we all know that his father, who was his trainer, um, is, a, is a genius when it comes to boxing. I think you just made a great point, and I think that they analyzed analyzed the data too much, and that data meaning that Tiafima Lopez was known for running out of gas at the second part of the fight. And I think they were banking on that. And credit to, to Team Lopez, um, he was prepared to go 12 rounds. And you're right, that the, the game plan failed them.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think that's, to me, that's one of the things why, uh, where in terms of uh, the, the real adolescent male fantasy aspect of boxing for me, that it's just like comic books. Because that's what happens when, uh, uh, when great uh, superheroes run into somebody. They might get their ass kicked the first time because, oh, man, I just didn't know. I didn't expect this, you know. But the, Tune yeah.
0: in
1: next week to see how our hero can get out of what exactly. looks like he will never get out of. See, tune in next week yeah. where Lovachenko
2: <laughs> figures out that yeah. he has to box exactly. the first six rounds yeah. of a fight.
1: Exactly.
2: exactly. So that, I think that to me that's that's one of those ingredients where that's a rematch that's worth fighting, worth having, because uh it was a glaring um problem with uh, his strategy the first time was he just waited so long. And that would be just like if if um Hagler and Leonard were to fight a second time what would be the two things one Hagler start sooner start fighting sooner um and two come out southpaw um so those are the kind of things that to me a rematch that's what you want to see um that there's there's ingredients something you didn't see the first time that well let's see if he could he or uh he or she could do it this time
1: well with uh Lomachenko's background and ballet or whatever I think the game plan for the first six rounds was I just want to dance I just want to (laughs) dance Uh, you know but uh but anyway the other thing I wanted to ask you is Dimitri Sandrade I know you have a soft spot for him 30 and know uh he's you know after his fight um he I was saying who I wanted him to fight and he comes out and it was the middle of April, April 19th, and he comes out and he says the same thing we were talking about. He says, I want to fight uh, Charlo or Murata or Triple G. And we were talking about that right after that fight that he needs to, you know, he, everybody's talking Triple G. I think Triple G's got better fights um, than him. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is is one of them. Uh, maybe like Jack's, uh, Dax, uh, suggested maybe Ursuline Lara is another uh, decent fight that could uh, get a good payday but Andre I like the Charlo fight or Murata. Uh what's your thoughts
2: um, I don't actually I, I kind of think that um, he, he's banking on a Golovkin um, because I think he is sort of in a similar position as Andy Ruiz that he's he's the third guy at the top um, and he needs, he needs a Charlo or a Golovkin to stay relevant. Um, so, because I, he's not, you know, he's not an A side, let's be honest. Uh, he thinks he is. Um, but, um, and I think the Golovkin fight would be fun because I think just like where you, what you had with Chisora and Parker, uh, some guys need uh, the right opponent to make their style that might not be that fun to watch more appealing, and I think Golovkin would press the action, which would make Andrade fight, which would make it more fun.
1: I um, I just I think would- Charlo. I I I, I want to see the Charlo brothers fight somebody, you know. And, and I just think that it's an evenly matched fight, Demetrius against Charlo. I, I just do. That's that's the fight I I would like to see. And the yeah. winner the winner catapult to a big money fight, I guess.
2: Well, but keep in mind though the thing with Golovkin is getting he's getting old and the more he sits on a shelf, um, It's the worst thing for him. Yeah, that doesn't help. So I don't know. I mean I think um uh Eubank Jr., um, you know, that was it was so clear he wanted rounds yesterday.
1: Uh oh, and, really? and it was like you know, because he backed off. He that was t- I hated that. I hated that. I thought, you know, and and you know what? Fighters shouldn't do that because I've seen it where a fighter, oh, we just want to get rounds, and you let a guy off the hook. Next thing you know, you're going, I should have finished him. Now I got stopped. Yeah. He caught me with that lucky shot, you know, and and you know the, his opponent was in decent shape. I mean, that's Roy Jones, man. That's Roy Jones' mentality 100%, but if it works, it works. Um,
2: yeah, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "Wait, Eubank Junior is doing uh, a Roy Jones Jr." One hundred
1: percent, one hundred percent. So I get this email uh, from uh, my man in uh, Elias from uh, Wisconsin, who I'm glad that he finally uh, has res- given us some emails. He was uh, a regular contributor to uh, to my mailbag, but he wrote, he writes. Uh, Verdejo being investigated in Puerto Rico for the disappearance of Keisha Rodriguez, his mistress, and one month pregnant at the time of his disappearance. Um, you know, I, I I I look at that, and I know this is you know up your alley because you like uh, <clears throat> interesting morbidity. Things like this. Yeah, um, and now it's even he was a person of interest last week. Now, as of last night, um, he's uh, he, he's a, he's a suspect. Apparently, an, ac- a- an accomplice of this uh, uh, murder, so to speak, uh, is already with the police and is cooperating, according to multiple reports. Of Felix Verdejo. Uh, it's not looking good. It was reported that the woman who uh, was is missing um, was last seen at Verdejo's home, and she had revealed to him that. Um, she was pregnant with his kid um he is married and i could see him going into panic uh saw what do you think of this
2: yeah it's uh it sure doesn't sound good um you know uh and, and it's very tragic for uh you know the woman who lost her life just awful um I don't know. I mean, I I do think that it's uh, like you said. I think that it looks like they're going to be picking up. If they didn't pick him up last night, they because a lot of the twi- tweets I was seeing, they were at police were at his house or something. So I don't know if they picked him up or not. But yeah, it's disturbing. And you know, his career was already uh, sort of on the de- decline, uh, and now um, to think that um, you know he is might've been involved in something horrendous like this, just yikes, awful. Um, but I do think that, you know, I, 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 that's one of the things that of course, uh, you know, we've seen this kind of thing, uh, and you, you can't help but wonder the link of head trauma to violence. Um, but that would be wrong to sort of launch into that argument because, um, there's so many people in our sport, uh, who, um, Ah, uh, do not do anything like that. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's sort of a, a you know, it's just uh, unfortunate. I mean, some, you know, I, I had just been thinking, talking with somebody about uh, a, a a WWE wrestler who had, um, you know, killed his family and then himself, and that was one of those things where you wonder, was that, you know, was that the result of concussions and brain damage?
1: Well, to some of these athletes um, that get into these, uh, <clears throat> you know, triangles, um, they should follow one of two rules. Uh, either keep the dick in their pants or wrap that rascal. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, let's I, I don't, I, am I being too blunt here? I, I mean, you know, I, you know, I mean, it doesn't it boil down to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's pretty horrible if, to, uh, yeah, no matter what, um, if that's why he did it, uh, yeah, that's just a, <laughs> an awful
1: thing, Jeez, Sorry to lay that uh, philosophy on you, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but you know. Um, okay, before we let you go, next week, I'm looking forward to our uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders post-fight show. Um What's your thoughts on this fight? Uh, You know, I I watched, uh, I enjoyed, I loved the daytime boxing. I loved that, man. And I I was watching some, so much so that I was even watching some of the bullshit that they throw on in between fights. Um, But uh, they were trying to make a case for how Billy Joe Saunders actually has a chance in this fight. I I don't see it, Alex. Um, I know Billy Joe is a, is a, a slick fighter. I know he can box. I think Canelo, Canelo has just elevated himself to, the, to, an, to another level. I, I mean, you know, he has proven it. Uh, I know I was critical of Canelo for a while. I didn't like the ducking of the Triple G, which I clearly thought it was. Um, the, the rematch, the third fight should have happened immediately. Um, it didn't. Uh, But I've gotten to see Canelo do a lot of great things. Um, You can't say he's cherry-picked like Mayweather did uh, throughout his career. I think when, at the end of the day, he's going to finish higher uh, on the all-time great list, um, pound for pound, than Floyd ever will. Um, I, I only say that because Canelo lost to Floyd, and he learned a lot from that fight. And credit to Floyd for fighting him when he did, uh, because he knew, I, I, I honestly believe that Floyd is smart enough to know a talent when he sees it. I, I think that uh, he just said to himself, let me make some money. Let me get this kid now because in another couple of years, he, he's going to be impossible to beat. And I think that Canelo is almost at that point now. And I don't see this fight being competitive unless Canelo wants to go a couple of rounds himself.
0: Um. Yeah.
2: Well, I think that um, I do think Billy Joe uh, Saunders uh, is deserving in the sense that he is one of the top um, uh, 168 pounders. I I do think Caleb Plant is probably um, the guy who's um, you know, the the best guy who's not named uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, at 168. Um, but, uh, so that's the fight I'd like to see if, uh, if Canelo's going to stay here at this division. Uh, cause, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I'd, I'd still like to see another, uh, Triple G fight. I think that's unfinished business.
1: With Canelo? Um,
2: Canelo, Canelo, Golovkin, yeah. I'd like to still see, like, see that fight again. I, I, I don't,
1: I don't know. I think that's worn out. I, I, at I this would, point, it's too Canelo. I don't think Triple G has a chance with Canelo now. I, I, you know um i i think canelo i i honestly got to give canelo credit i mean what i saw him do to kovalev um you know he just he he's a fighter that can, he he's fought bigger guys he he's he's moved up and down in weight um he's just he, he's a warrior he really is
2: yeah well and and i do think that he um is going to beat billy joe saunders uh, I have a feeling the question to me will is can he walk him down and stop him I have a feeling he will and it'll likely be a body shot um that I think Sa- Saunders' best um, uh, you know way to win is just to give him lots and lots of movement um but canelo's really good at cutting off the
1: ring. I was just gonna say he cuts so the ring. Yeah, off. So-
2: so it's going to be a very, uh, very, very difficult task. Um, I wish I was going to be there in person um, because Canelo is, uh, as much as yesterday was a huge boxing day, uh, next Saturday is going to be bigger when you think about the the, uh, the star power because um, Canelo is must see TV.
1: You know, uh, I, I think, you know, what we both said, a matter of factly, how, how fantastic Canelo cuts the ring. Off, I think you got to give Floyd Mayweather credit for that, and the fight against Floyd. This this is the problem with a lot of young fighters today, Alex. They don't challenge themselves. They 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 fight, you know, basically to get wins and look good on paper. And then when they get in a fight, they don't learn from those fights. They don't get a loss to to regroup and and come back because uh, the media, the fan base, whatever uh devalues them when they lose and you take a look at Canelo he fights Floyd Mayweather a pound-for-pound top fighter um a guy known for his defensive skill and you know he chased him around the ring and he learned hey listen when you fight a guy with movement and and brains like Floyd has uh ring smarts I, I should correct myself um You know, the 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 learning uh, that that took me a second. Yeah. Um, The learning aspect of it. um, (laughs) Stop, Alex. You know, you're painting the wrong picture. All right. Uh, Anyway, Canelo learned from fighting Floyd. All right. I mean, uh, it is what it is, you know.
2: I think you're absolutely right, and I think that's one of the things that makes him an awesome fighter. And if he's able to do that in the rest of his life, that makes him an awesome person. Because think about it. That's one of those, um, uh, you know, why do we fall so we could learn to pick ourselves back up? Uh, Buddha said that. Um, And so did Batman's father. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, Canelo (laughs) knows that. And I think that's one of the things that you, you learn from losing. Um I'm sure he went back and watched that tape. I bet I wouldn't be surprised if one of the tapes he watches the most is his loss to Mayweather. Um, I think he
1: learned the most in that fight. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he, you know, he made a ton of money and he learned from that fight and never was the same to his credit, you know, and um yeah, I guess you got to give some credit to Floyd too, you know.
2: Yeah, so so in other words, I think you're gonna be buying the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight.
1: Absolutely your- not. <laughs> and you know what? I, I hope I know. I know it's
2: gonna be a master class really yeah, soon. I,
1: I know <laughs> that no one that typically watches or listens to this show will be buying that i am I j I'm 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 interested to see how many idiots do buy it. You know, and that is you know the one thing I, I don't know if you know this, but I never really liked Floyd Mayweather. But, but, the, but the one thing I do re- respect of him, he knows how to make money. And let me tell you something about Floyd, although I've never met him in person. He's laughing his way all the way. He is sitting there saying, these idiots are going to pay for this pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's what pisses me off. Boxing has become a joke. TikToker against a YouTuber being billed as a boxing match. On a Snoop show, I mean, come on. Well, to me, that it's a
2: sideshow. To me, there's room enough. That's what I love about our sport. Is I think there's enough room for that uh, because that that to me doesn't have anything to do with boxing. Yesterday was boxing, and there wasn't a YouTuber or TikToker among them. Um, and uh, you know. I think the people who 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 love this sport know that, uh, and even if they bought it, you know, that's the thing. The mainstream, as much as they don't follow boxing and don't uh, give it attention, they really are fascinated by it because it's it's just strange. These celebrity boxing things are so freaking popular um it and it is and you know i think it's because fighting is is popular look at last night there were so many fights in the stands at that ruiz ariola fight part of it i think is people just dying i don't know maybe they are tired of being um separate from each other they're so they're so uh overwhelmed by being close together they got to put their hands on each other don't think
1: that don't, don't think that this covid's not affecting us Like that,
2: crazy. It's
1: driving people nuts.
2: But if if you look in that audience, there are people who are who are fascinated by the fights when they're watching a fight. You know, so I mean, it's like everybody loves fighting. So what
1: about the other day I saw clips? There was some kind of fast food restaurant. Somebody got into an argument because someone had a mask on or someone didn't have a mask. Next thing you know, chairs are flying. They have it all on video. (laughs) I mean, come on. You know, people are losing their minds. But anyway.
2: I gotta I got send you one of a guy um, who's uh, gassing up his car, it must be late at night, and these people pull up in a van too, they must be about to carjack him, and it's, it's like one of those uh, Sun Tzu moments, you know, the art of war, because it's like, use your environment, and he pulls the nozzle out of the gas, uh, out of the car gas tank, and douses them all with gasoline, and they go fleeing. He turns that situation around <laughs> in a half a second. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you know, you see them all throwing their cigarettes away, right? I no, know, but <laughs> and if,
2: if anyone had a cigarette lit inside that van, it would have exploded.
1: Yeah, well, people are losing their minds, you know. But uh, anyway. Hey, I appreciate it, Alex. Sorry for the delay today. Look forward to your thoughts next week, brother.
2: All right, Billy C. Take care. All
1: right, that's my main man, Alex Papali, giving us his thoughts and his jokes. He's jokes to that, Alex, you know, but uh, anyway. Um, All right, I got a couple of emails I want to read. Uh, And uh, this first one's from my man, uh, Alex T. He says, I'll tell you what would be interesting. Well, actually, it's a two- part thing. He says, "Hey Billy C, thanks for not mentioning the Thriller card in your show. I don't even I don't even want you to read this uh email. Uh, I don't get why there's so much attention and I don't want to give any more. It reminds me of Andy Kaufman using when he used to challenge women to wrestling. Uh I wrote back and told Alex, "Oh yes, I am going to uh, uh read this. Um it is a joke and we just talked about that and uh, um, you know, the the Mayweather against the, the his brother uh, is a joke. No discredit to Floyd because he's cashing the checks, you know. But uh, I don't know who would watch it. He says, I tell you what would be interesting, though. I know these punch stat numbers are crap. I know you do, too. He's meaning myself, which I do. He says, I was watching a Showtime fight on Saturday, and one guy was clearly landing punches, and the punch stat number wasn't moving. Maybe the guy who was supposed to be pressing a button got up to get a beer. It would be interesting to ask your audience for all of us to pick a round from one fight where the punch stat was used and have you, Alex, and Dax, and everyone else watch that round and count the punches. Let's just say round seven of the Joe smith Velazov fight, for example. Everyone watched the round, uh, seventh round twice. First time you watch it, count the punches landed for Smith, then watch it and count the punches landed for Velazov, and then compare notes. I guarantee you... Uh, you will have numbers all over the place. Would be interesting conversation. It would be an interesting conversation topic. I hate when these numbers are used by announcers to justify their opinion on who's winning a fight. The real judges don't see them. I thought Vlazov outlanded uh, Joe Smith. Punch stats tell me I'm wrong. Um, thanks for the email, uh, Alex. You know, you guys have heard me complaining about the punch stats for a long, long time. Um, it's subjective, and what I mean by that, um, you know, the truth of the matter is is you have two guys ringside with a laptop and they're recording punches, which they are subjectively saying if they landed cleanly or not. Um, the truth of the matter is, is you and me and a third guy or girl could be watching a fight, and I could say that punch landed. You could say it grazed him and the third person could say it was blocked and we're all talking about the same punch it's subjective I think that if the only way the punch stats could be really statistical is if they are um, doing it frame by frame and they do it after the fight it would take forever but you would get true stats right now we're getting subjective stats and we're treating it like it's data that should not be argued or questioned Jim Lampley ended up basically becoming a laughingstock as a boxing announcer because he called his fights based on the punch stats that were being given to him. And a punch stat really is is only good for a conversation piece, in my opinion. You could land 10 punches, and I land one, and the one I land knocks you out. Deontay Wilder is a great example. Deontay Wilder, power puncher. Uh, You could be jabbing the shit out of him all night long, and then he lands one punch and you wake up the next day saying, well, did I win? You know, so, uh, yes, punch stats, uh, the way they're being done now, useless as tits on a bowl. Um, This is from my man Rick. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., glad to hear you're back on the air. I'm glad to hear Sal is doing well. Have not had a chance to speak to Sal. We're trying to get him back uh, to come on the show. Uh, He is doing very well from the last time I spoke to him. He says, I heard you bring up the two-fight deal with uh, Joshua and Fury, uh, and there's a trend that this is a trend that's always annoyed me. I understand a champion wanting a rematch clause when putting his belt on a line, but to already uh, be planning a second fight before the first one even happens seems counterproductive to me. For starters, what if the first fight sucks? Now we have to sit through another one just because it was part of the deal. Even if the fight is good, committing to an immediate rematch puts the rest of the division on hold for the sake of watching two fighters we've already seen go at it. Uh, I'm actually not a fan of immediate rematches in general unless that fight ended with some kind of controversy. Marquez and Pacquiao did it best, I thought, spreading their series out over several years with other opponents mixed in between compare that to marquez vasquez which having which had even more exciting fights but those two guys fought each other three or four times in a row and by the end of the series i was pretty much tired of both of them either way i'm still skeptical aj and fury happens wasn't there a 30 day cutoff to find a venue and it's been three weeks since uh the original it's been more than that but uh, anyway um i don't know thanks for the email rick i don't know if i agree um I think the two-fight clause for the upper echelon fighters, um, I think that is a way to secure the paydays. Uh, Let's make no mistake, and again, I don't mean to keep talking about Floyd, but Floyd opened up the eyes to a lot of fighters in regards to uh, trying to make the most money you can, which I agree with. Um, Traditionally, up until Floyd Mayweather, or at least until the— the 80s. I know Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns and Marvin Hagler were making some big paydays back in the 80s, uh, which was uh, not too common up to that point. Um, But, you know, a fighter's journey to making money um, is far and few in between. And I think what happens when fighters reach a certain level and they are uh, in demand, so to speak, that they try to max their, their revenue as much as they can by fighting a two-fight fight against, uh, especially a fight of this magnitude, regardless of whether the first fight was boring or not, they come up with all, and especially today, everybody comes up with all kinds of excuses of why their performance wasn't the way it should have been or why they got beat or what have you. I do think that immediate rematches are more uh, important than letting it stretch out, although I love the point you made with uh, Pacquiao and Marquez and then, of course, Vasquez Marquez, um, and then you could go with the Mickey Ward or Arturo Gatti uh, fights, um, you know, the Jake LaMotta, Sugar Ray Robinson fights. I mean, all of those fights that multiple, um, you know, fights took place have their own meaning, but when you have, you know, top-notch fights, especially in today's world of boxing where there's a gazillion titles out there, And you got some, I got some, and we're fighting a unification. Yes, I I think that that's good. As far as putting a division on hold, well, you know what? Uh, It's not like there's uh, such great fighters uh, after the top three or four anyway. And uh, this last one's from uh, my man uh, James. He says, hey, Billy, I'm happy to be out at a hospital and listening to you again, even if you guys are only on once a week. If I'd been healthier, I've sent you my top 10 boxers just after New Year's. Well, maybe next year. Uh, first and foremost, before I go on, uh, James, I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm glad to hear you're out of the hospital. I know that uh, you were battling some health issues uh, last time you communicated with us. So I'm, I'm very happy that uh, we received this email from you. And uh, my thoughts and, and prayers go out to you uh, to recover as quickly as possible, my man. Uh, James has been uh, a listener for a long time uh, on this show, and uh, uh, I hope uh, I hope you're on the rebound, brother. He says, anyway, I don't know what's worse, having Showtime pipe in canned crowd noise or the long gaps of silence on ESPN uh, Plus's Muthani against Edwards broadcast. Showtime's canned applause made the show seem cheesy, and ESPN's quiet stretches made theirs look remarkably low budget. What do you think? Listen. There's nothing like watching a live boxing match live. There's, there's nothing. Um, I, too, can't stand canned cheers and stuff. If you watch any of the old film of the Gillette boxing series uh, and all the other ones in the 50s and early 60s, um, all of those punches, you know, the fans, That was all canned. Um, they did not have the technology they have today. Uh, they filmed it and went back and, and dubbed uh, all this stuff. They did have the announcing on it. but um, So I'm with you, man. I think, uh, I think we need to move forward uh, in life in general and hopefully uh, get things back uh, to normal. Listen, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. Uh, today we got a little out of whack because uh, Microsoft decided to do an update. Uh, not that I'm making excuses. We did the show anyway. But next week, we're going to do our uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders post-fight show. Uh, So we will be talking about that fight um, next week. Uh, My prediction on that fight, uh, similar to uh, Dax's and Alex's, is Canelo Alvarez will win the fight. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, I believe, will be stopped in this fight. Although he's slick and Canelo uh, is okay with going a distance and winning decisions I think he's going for the knockout in this one. It's just my opinion and my thoughts and my prediction. Canelo Alvarez by knockout. But you'll hear our post-fight thoughts next week. So uh, make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.